Kansas win. Uh, look forward to Iowa State as well as hit on some basketball questions. So here we go. Hey, before we get to the podcast, I just want to do make sure I shout out our sponsor, Prime Residential Mortgage Incorporated. They are the Lending with Passion division of Primary Residential Mortgage Inc. Whether you're buying, refinancing, or taking cash out of your home, PRMI can help. Rates are still near all-time lows, and our mortgage experts can help find the best mortgage solution for you. They can help you with purchasing your dream home, an investment property, a vacation home, whatever you need, they can help you with. They have locations all over the state of Texas, but they complete the entire process online, and it's easy, and, and they just love working with fellow Red Raiders. They can be reached at Raider at primeres.com through the website at www.lendingwithpassion.com or by phone at 214-736-9466. So get in touch with them for, for any of your needs for anything like that. All right, here we go. Finally, a winning edition of From Here It's Potable. And I can just, I can see the, the excitement on Will's face. He's just beaming with it, ready to talk. Kansas and Iowa State. You know what's sad, though, about that on Saturday night after we won that game? I was obviously happy, but it was more just like, thank God. Oh, yeah. really just what the feeling was, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was fun because part of it is fun. I like watching what Kansas does offensively, but yeah. I like watching it while Tech wins. It would not have been fun <laughs> if, the, if the score was reversed. But since – Tech was winning, moving the ball at will, pretty much. I but then I also got to watch maybe the the offensive coordinator with the largest balls in Division One football run his offense. Like that was fun as well. It's also uh, it's also not hard to be that guy when your quarterback and running back are probably the two fastest players I've seen play football this year. And I'm not I'm being serious as far as like a quarterback and running back duo. They are so fast. Yeah. Bean can run. Yeah, Bean is Bean is impressive. I somebody Kosai Eldridge sucked up Devin Neal, ran yeah, him down. That was impressive. that was surprising. I expected that to be a house call. And here comes Kosai had a Kosai had a good game. Yeah, he's he's really kind of coming on. Yeah. Um which oh, lots of guys coming on. Yeah. That may have another year of eligibility. It would be nice to get him back. Which we when McGuire said that uh, on his coach's show last week, I think everybody was like, wait, what? he's he doesn't have an extra like what is this what is this uh what what is it called um waiver going to be for i'm not sure but i will take it i I think he missed uh that 2019 year i think he missed most of it with an injury so maybe i think think we looked it up and he's played okay maybe something from junior college maybe he, he didn't play that much a year in junior college i'm not sure potentially but it's uh what the craziest thing is, is like, I know all of us were like, oh man, like it was really great having this really veteran defense this, this year. Here's the thing you could bring back like a lot of them next year, and you could probably be like the oldest defense in college football next year, potentially. If, if you bring back Rashad and Malik, 
I honestly don't care what else happens after that. I think we'll be okay. But yes, we have a, we have a potential to be actually pretty good if you bring back and the, those. the two interior got in yes, those are the next two. Yeah, Bradford, Hutchings. If you bring those two back, yeah, you're. Yeah. And Daydream would be in that group, but he's already said he's going to come back. Yeah, I think he's another important. He, he had a hell of a game yes. Saturday. Yeah, and he, he made a play on fourth down. Yes, that uh, kind of came out of nowhere. That if he doesn't make it, you know, it's could be a different game. But he he really was all over the field. He he's good. He's yes. really good. He uh, he's one that has like you could you could see the development because I didn't really understand like he was he seemed to me too small to play. And then he's getting on the field, he's making plays, and then now like he goes from like a liability to not a liability to he's one of the better players. Like it's just cool to see a guy progress like that, and then a guy excited to come back next year, even though as Ben Golan so rudely put it, what else is he gonna do? Um, but I do like a guy who wow. who just <laughs> who decides to damn start. Ben so. <laughs> Kosai Eldridge uh, played 58 snaps in 2019 and 62 in 2021. So th- there may be uh, an opportunity on both of those years to get one back. And that 2021 is surprising. Uh, but the yeah. uh, before we really get into the Kansas game, I know Hunter, Hunter spent an excellent, I'm sure, five days in the Hub City. And I, I know that he sent a text <laughs> earlier this week that he just wants to break down no, I, I, I did spend it. It was a lot of fun. It was a good trip. Yeah, I was there uh, Friday through Tuesday. So I went to the basketball game and went to the Kansas game. Just had an Airbnb and Tech Terrace and kind of hung out. Um, acted like I was in college again. Was a, and, yeah, that's always of, a good time. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then getting two wins is fun. I was cold during the game. And, I, and like, I, I was cold, but I, I was prepared to um, – you know, with like hand warmers and split warmers. warmers. Yeah, I had like a sole of a shoe that was a warmer. You know, I saw he 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 took them from his girlfriend. I saw it. He ripped them out of her hands. It was. I felt I bad, but I'm not going to get into a, like a, a relational spat. But it was it was interesting to watch unfold for sure. <laughs> yeah, so, but it really just makes me think. I can't imagine how cold. It, it's going to be Saturday. Like I know, I was thinking twenty degrees colder than glad what it I'm was. Not there. I just can't even imagine that. My my, my thoughts and prayers are with our friend this level. All Saturday. I can think of too is like a guy like Coronado's own Charlie Robinson, walk on tight end. I think he plays some. I don't. I honestly don't know if he plays special teams. He might, but I saw him, and I pointed him out to Hunter actually at the game. Like he's got shirt folded up under his pads no like he wasn't wearing any kind of any kind of warmth but it, he doesn't play either like those are the guys i feel bad for like you are going you to stand there you can't even be dressed warm you have to be dressed in your football uniform <laughs> like you can't, you can't really like layer up and yet you're you're probably not going to play like those are the guys i feel bad for. yeah he may not try at least but at least though if, you, if you're on the road roster it's so much smaller you're probably yeah, probably at least going to be on special teams and if you there's a very small handful of guys that don't get to play on the road roster you know what i think it you know what i think it does affect um is our 23 quarterback package and i'm being serious like during the game you know early on we put donovan in and he runs for six yard touchdown but because of chuck playing well 
you know, he was getting extended time. And there were there were moments in the game where it was like, okay, it makes a lot of sense to roll Donovan out there and have him be a battering ram. But at the same time, he'd been sitting there for 25 minutes. Just, I mean, I was watching him just standing there in the freezing cold. Yeah. And it's like, you know, if it's 85 degrees, I think you're probably more more likely to put him out there than it is if he's just standing there freezing. Right. So that, yeah. And I think him almost Fair. throwing a pick in the end zone didn't help. True. But I do like that. Like, I the play that they ran to score what may have been the best blocked play we've run all year. Um, Taj did a great job. Tharp, who was blocking, gets talked about a lot, did a great job. Like, you run that four, five, six, seven, eight times even, and then you run the throw off of it. You don't run it once <laughs> and then run it. Even though it was actually there – uh, Donovan floated it instead of just rifling it in there. But anyway, I think it probably, I think it probably worked. Even if you just had run it one time before, if it was in a running situation, it was first and 10. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Like you would, you would need to have run it like, yeah, seven times for it on first and 10 to be, you know, the defense to be reacting that hard to it and it worked. But no, I, I agree. I, I still, I, I'm okay with Donovan throwing the ball in obvious running situations like i I have i have enough confidence in him to throw it especially if the defense is thinking that he's going to be belly flopping but i don't know the the way shuck played um i just don't know why you put him out out there because i mean unless you made him obsolete that worried about shuck getting hurt but i mean yeah they don't think so they ran him on quarterback runs plenty of whatever you lose in like short yardage uh, Donovan being pretty good in short yardage runs. I'll, I will say this: he he trips and falls a lot yeah. in yes. those. But, but like if you lose anything, and I'm not sure you do with Shuck because like he he looked pretty good in short yardage situations too. He's so much more elusive mm-hmm. than and, and kind of straight line speed faster. I think so. I I, I just think I mean I, I think there's a pretty legitimate case that he's a better runner. Yeah, slippery is what I would say. Very slippery as a runner. It's- his hips just move like they're always moving. Like there were several times where linebackers had him like dead to rights, like on the, on his touchdown run, there's a Kansas linebacker sitting at about the three yard line, just staring at him. Like there, there wasn't even a ton of space. There was, it was kind of, there was a crowd of people on each side. And then there was a third and 10 where he ran for a first down. That was the same thing. There was a guy sitting about, you know, six yards past line scrimmage. And I was thinking, well, we're about, you know, this is going to be fourth and two, fourth and one. And then Chuck just made him miss, just like sidestepped him. It wasn't even like a highlight reel move or anything. It was just, I'm running at you. Now I took one step and the linebacker just couldn't tackle him. It was, it was incredible. There, <laughs> I, I think Hunter called him at one time a mixture of Michael Vick and Johnny Manziel, which got a, <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, but I mean, it, it's hard to argue. After after what we watched, like, I can't argue that. Uh, I do think it is worth giving – or, like, I've been one of Shuck's biggest critics probably, um, but he did play well. Uh, I There were some times that I was frustrated with some overthrows that he had, which has kind of been my biggest issue with him. But you didn't see the stare down. You know, like I like the ball is snapped. This is where I'm going, no matter what. I don't really think you saw that very much. If anything, I saw more than he's ever than I've ever seen him at Tech go through his progressions. Like after the Kosai pick, the that throw to Cleveland was not his first read. Like he went right to left and finally saw that he had the back shoulder open with Trey Cleveland, and it was a great throw. But yeah, I mean, I saw more 
of him reading the field that I can remember seeing. And I don't know if that was, if that's comfort, if that's something that Kitley did different. I think they did run more like um, easy, like one either RPO reads or, you know, just middle of the field, open closed reads that are a little simple. I don't know if they changed that or, or whatever, but um, yeah, I was impressed. If he plays like that two more times, I think there's, those are two more wins on our schedule. Could be. I, I, I agree with you. No, there's no question in, in my mind, because I think, I think a flawless uh, day from him, because to me it was flawless. I mean, if, if he made a mistake, it was so small and it was like so inconsequential um, Saturday that it, it was doesn't take away from it being a, you know, a flawless game. I, I think that wins this Saturday without question, just yeah. because there, there aren't many scenarios where we just get boat raced off, you know, our defense versus our offense. So, um, and then, and then OU, I think kind of, I think a, a flawless day versus them puts up so many points that it's going to be really hard for them to beat us in Lubbock. So yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. So I also, yeah. yeah. No, I I also think if it, it, it's like you said, Taylor, if you're going to point to one thing, there was a couple of those overthrows. But I, I can't remember if it was Kitley or if it was uh, McGuire that said it this week, though. But some of those overthrows, I think it was uh, McGuire said that it was a it was like a natural reaction of uh, when you're trying to throw, you're trying to overcompensate for that mm-hmm. shoulder. Yeah. And that's why he was overthrowing it. And so he only did it twice, I think, but it was less this week. And what it felt like to me was he just seemed so much more just like comfortable and kind of at ease than he has at any other point since he got hurt. So I also thought he had a lot more zip on the ball. So, you know, if he takes another step forward like that this week, then, you know, I I mean, I think you you have plenty of chance to win this weekend. And he, and we've said it for years, like anybody who knows the slightest bit of football, you know, that to beat that Iowa state defense, you, you have to stick to what's working. You can't get greedy. You can't, you know, take a shot when a shot isn't there. And the way Shuck escaped the pocket will be an incredible weapon against Iowa State because we've seen so many times where a quarterback could have run for six yards, you know, or even four, run for four yards. We saw it last year with Donovan. Exactly. Like, and that's what keeps that Iowa State defense from doing what it wants to do. And so there are so many times – I was so impressed with the way not only did Chuck kind of sit there, go through his reads, then find an escape route. It wasn't always the obvious, you know, like a lot of times quarterbacks will always try to flee the pocket outside of the tackles. And that's kind of what the defense is expecting you to do. He was kind of stepping up, creating lanes. Like I was, and then accelerating like a running back Mike like Vick. accelerating through the, <laughs> or Mike Vick. Like, I, I could not believe what I was seeing. Like he, at one time he went between like the, uh, the right guard and the right tackle. And I thought he was, again, I've said it a couple of times, dead to rights by the defensive end. And he just wasn't, I don't know. I still don't understand how he wasn't tackled, but stuff like that, if you can, and, and I guess this goes to another, another group we can talk about the, the pass pro with the offensive line was really good. Um, the best so far this year. And I that thought that gives, was their best. Yeah, and that gives him the opportunity to not only for a guy like Chuck who has trouble sometimes going through his reads, he now he doesn't have to worry about getting his collarbone shattered. You know, he, he's got the time to go through his reads. And then all those defensive linemen are occupied. So now he's just got to find the place to run. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm still a little on the high of playing – 
Kansas's defense that's not very good. And so I, I might have a little crash <laughs> down to earth the first quarter against Iowa State when, you know, you're playing a top 10 defense in the nation. But I, after as bad as the last two offensive performances was, I'm not going to, you know, just say, oh, well, Kansas's defense, anybody could score on that. Because that, that's not true. Oklahoma State just did, you know, look awful against Kansas. So I'm going to take a win there uh, with the offense. Yeah, and I thought that it was, uh, you know, it wasn't you were getting the ball out pretty quick. You were, but also there were a lot of just true dropbacks, more than we've been running. Uh, and, you know, maybe a lot of that too was – and I think something that really came into play on Saturday that you haven't seen much the rest of the year was that uh, Shuck's comfortability with calling audibles and changing the play, I think he did that a lot. And you really never saw Morton do that much or Donovan do that much, at least to the point where they're really putting you in kind of like the optimal play to be in to uh, – like like just, just to have the best chance. Like, uh, for example, like uh, he – the biggest one was when Chuck audibled into a run around the goal line that one where Taj made that in miss and scored a oh, touchdown. Yeah. yeah. That was supposed to be a pass, a pass play, but he saw they didn't have the numbers and he audibled out of it. So, I mean, if, if he can make the right calls, I think especially inside Iowa State defense, it's going to give you some chances to hit some, hit some plays downfield. And I thought, too, he threw it down the field more than you have pretty much the rest of the year. He, I mean, he was getting after it, trying to make some throws downfield. Yeah, I think, Hunter, you pointed out the one, was it in the fourth quarter when things were starting to get a little hairy and he hit uh, White down the field? Yeah. Like, that was a, like a sale route. Play. Yeah. Yeah. He, he hit those a few times. So what scares me is we had Lyman downfield on basically all of those, <laughs> and it only got called the one time. But it's because it's a, it is like a slow RPO that takes a while. And so I don't – I'm sure Iowa State will be – Matt Campbell will be talking to the officials before the game. And it's like <laughs> – Well, they do it too. That That's their, that's their yeah, game too. Yeah, you're right. That's so true. he may not – he may not be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it may not work out for him. But, yeah, Shuck pushing the ball downfield was impressive because I think that that's another complaint that we've had is he won't – like you, you almost you, – it's such a fine line for a quarterback because I think Morton walks this line really well of – Sometimes you got to just throw it up. Like that's that's part of the deal of playing quarterback. You can't be safe all the time. And I think we saw a little bit more of that from Shuck, which is what you got to do. Um, so, yeah, I, I was impressed. Anything else before we get to the questions? Or do they pretty much cover the rest? I mean, I think we can get to the questions and then if there's anything. All right, let's do it. Wanna add. Okay. First question from Captain Fantastic. Which loss would you rather have a do-over? Not necessarily just switch it to a win, but get another chance to play that same team at this time and why? And, like, to me, the answer is very, very easy. And it's, you know, you, you play in Stillwater and you're a 10-and-a-half-point underdog, and that they were a good team at that time. They've lost a lot of guys on defense since then. Some guys quit, some guys hurt. And then Iowa State plays them last Saturday and ends up being, like, a two-point favorite. I mean, and we're, we're as good as Iowa State or better. So essentially we're talking about almost like a two touchdown swing in, in terms of like Iowa, uh, Oklahoma state's like relative strength. So, so that's talking that's, about replaying the game like this Saturday, right? Replaying now, the game. Like yeah. This Saturday. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. it would be Oklahoma state for me. Cause we would go from being 10 and a half point dogs. to we'd be like a small favorite in that game. And I think the way we played is probably enough to win it. You know, the way we played them the first time. You could also, I mean, 
to me, it's if you if it's not that game, it's probably NC State just because their their offense is abysmal now. Yeah, they well, don't have Devin Leary. And, and they don't have Devin Leary in their tiebreaker though conference game, right? Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. See, I I probably would lay it on TCU or sorry, Oklahoma State, but I see I could see an argument for TCU because you were in that game, should have won that game, in my opinion. And then I I'm I would be tempted to like if we could redo Baylor, but like that night, like keep it the same time, keep it at night, re- redo the Patrick Mahomes thing, like just have another crack at it. <laughs> you know, like I would almost if want you to want you just want the you just want the spin of the wheel up for another chance, yeah, not because, because you it think was we'd have... so like there's no way it turns out that bad again. There's just that's no true. way. So I, I just was, feel like that was a, that's a bad matchup for us this year. Just looking back, it's just a bad style player. Like what you've got, oh, it's it a bad is. matchup. It is. I just hated the way it ended up. So I'd like just yeah another. But yeah, I think Oklahoma State. You get a conference win against a rival, a, you know, someone you compete directly with in a lot of recruiting battles. Yeah. Okay. Next question from Wolf Camp Raider. Why has the run game been so effective over the last three games compared to the first seven? I would say it's the volume you're running it at, to be yeah. honest. If that's that's really what I think it is, is is we at you know, as, as the season started progressing, we got about midway through the year. If you looked, didn't even look at what was going on in the game, you just looked statistically, we're averaging like five yards a carry in a lot of these games, like a lot of these games. And I think what it just showed is I think your your two best playmakers on offense are clearly your, your your running backs are easily your best players on your offense. And those guys just have an ability to just make things out of nothing a lot of times. And so I think the last couple of weeks you've seen a big uptick in that. A couple of reasons. One, you're just getting a, there's really kind of a big effort to get those guys the ball a lot more than there was earlier on. Mm-hmm. Just force feed them. And then also last week, to be honest, you just played the worst defense you've played in a month. So <laughs> That's and part Donovan of me. was our quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And TCU's the like TCU's run defense isn't that great. Kansas. I think that the Baylor one though, we ran the ball well in the second half when we yeah. were getting crushed. Yes. And their their defense, it was a good game script kind of to run the ball yeah. for us. Yes. I do think there has been a little improvement. I think somebody asked this later. There has been a little improvement with the offensive line, too. I think. Maybe maybe not even improvement, just like here are the things we can do, here are the things we can't do. We can do, do. yeah. Stop doing the things we can't do, but yeah. All right, another question from Wolf Camp Raider, basketball question. Why does Pop throw it to the other team so much? Um, I don't know. I mean, he's a freshman point guard who is is a – it's almost – it's kind of like what Taylor was saying with quarterbacks. Sometimes when you're a good passer – you're you're trying to make passes that a, another person wouldn't make, and they these some of these passes, the the outcomes are turnover or made basket. You know, like it's not just like a pass around the uh, around the key where you're just like getting it to a guy who's open. So he's he's trying to make some of these like kind of heroic passes that if they're successful, it's a made basket, but they're not. But although I mean, some of them are he is just directly throwing to the other team. So uh, he's just a young guy who's playing, you know, hadn't played that much basketball and was hurt, and hopefully, right. We, we need that to be the answer. Like we, what he's doing is not really sustainable. Um, and then he asks, why didn't we get a veteran point guard in the portal? We tried, we just missed on him. Like we, maybe not a point guard. We got a veteran point guard in Harmon and it's, that's working out, but we wanted the, a guard type named Tyreek key. Who's like playing well at Tennessee. And then we wanted another 
uh, guard. Both these guys are like 25 years old uh, from St. Bonaventure, Dom Welch, who um, hasn't played a second. He's been hurt, and he ended up going to Alabama. And so, I mean, we tried. We just didn't didn't land him. Um, all right, next question from Run the Draw, TT. He asks, uh, what is the coldest you've ever been? Hmm. I was like a child, like nine, 10. We went to go build a round pen in Florida with my grandpa. And uh, I just, I don't even know how cold it was. It probably wasn't even as cold as I remember. I just remember like being the gopher, going to get things, try Like they let me try to do the little, uh, uh, what is it called? I don't even know where you like put the the big metal thing over the pole. You're, you're driving, driving, uh, you're driving posts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I just remember just like, like being told that's what would warm me up. <laughs> like, I just remember absolutely hating life, just wind, like blowing my face off that, that that's as cold as I can remember being. Um, one or two, if we're going to do sports related, the freaking, the 2011, the Ticket City Bowl where we played uh, Northwestern, I went to that game and like, I've never won the Cotton Bowl, never a great time. And two, it was, that thing is made out of straight concrete and that we were under a shadow the whole game. Miserable, and absolutely sure, miserable game. Pretty sure that. that game kicked off at 1030 in the morning. <laughs> it did. It, it, it did. Real, I was at that It too. was. It was the coldest New Year's Day in, at the time in Dallas in Dallas history. Um, yeah. So that it was freaking cold at that. Then uh, I'm trying to think of another one. Um, probably one or two times when I went like duck hunting in college, where you're just sitting out there not moving and you're just waiting for the sun to come up. Not not a, not fun. Yeah, mine would so. be. I wasn't prepared. It was at at Burl Huffman, the baseball fields in Lubbock. I was coaching. It's like 2013 or 14. And it was like one of those days where it was like 50 degrees. And then it turned into like 12 degrees within like 20 minutes. And I wasn't prepared at all. Like I just had no idea. And I, I even recall going home and um, tech baseball canceled their game. Like because it was just that cold. And we, I'd been out there with like some 13 year olds, you know. Um, so, all right. Then he asked, I, I mean, I, this, I might skip this question, but if we went out, what bowl do we play and against whom? I mean, that's just a lot of speculation. I don't even know. It, yeah, well, one thing I do think, I think Baylor hurts us because if we went out their prop, if we went out the Texas bowl, it would want us because we will bring fans there. We haven't played there in a while and we would have enough wins to get in there uh, at seven. Um, but, it, but it, they may have to, I don't know if they can skip Baylor to 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 get to us. I never know the rules with so, that. I mean, I mean, I, they could skip them to get to us. I just don't know if they would because they're another right. Texas team and they would have beat us and they probably will have more wins than us. But I, I promise you, if we if the if the the Texas Bowl would want us, and I think that is, you know, can, I think Kansas State played there last year with seven wins. You know, mm-hmm. if we went out, that's something that we could play and and it'd be against some some SEC team. Yeah. The, the thing, the thing about this year, though, when the Big Twelve is, you're going to have so many seven and eight win teams that somebody's going to get the short end of the stick and end up in one of these just absolute crap tier bowl games against like some MAC team on like a Tuesday night. Um, so I, I don't know. Feel like we might get the short end of the stick on that. Um, I don't know. That's that's kind of how I feel about it. Another question from MJ Red Raider. 
What is the best way to attack the Iowa State defense? And does Tech have good enough offensive players to be successful on Saturday? Yeah, we kind of mentioned it earlier. It's just to take what they give you. And that sounds easier than it is. There's because a lot of people say, like, just run the ball. But like what you what's kind of hard to is like that's what they're trying to get you to do. Like those safeties, we saw it a little bit against NC State where it looked like a light box. But at the snap, those those like safeties are at a dead sprint into the box, disrupting things. And so it, it's not as easy as just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. It's like and this actually may be where our offensive skill that we've complained about might be might come into handy a little bit is because, you know, a, a quick hitch to a huge receiver like Lowick or Bradley is going to go, that's going to be there. And so you take those five yards or you, you know, you throw a bubble out to miles price. Maybe he, you know, maybe he gets three, maybe he turns it into 13. Um, that one play where that they've run where like Shuck stands up to throw the bubble and, he, and then you've got like teeter or Tharp or, or cup and the and Taj lead blocking out to the opposite side, stuff like that, where you're getting those, you're getting those defenders moving one way. And then you kind of just take, you take the quick throw that way. And then you pick your spots to take a shot because just like any other defense, you know, you run the ball three, four times in a row, you throw that bubble screen, you throw the quick hitch. If you can protect long enough, try some, you know, take a shot every now and then. But I I do think this offense, heck the game plan against Kansas would be a a fine game plan against Iowa state. The other thing in the, Unfortunately, you don't really have one. The other way that a lot of people attack this defense is, is you just – if you have some dude who was a a track star, you just have him just sprint over and over and over again and just run go routes with him all day. You hit them. You try to get behind the defense. You just don't have a guy like that really this year. Um, But I think the biggest thing is – and what's weird is this is like kind of like Donovan's forte. I saw it last year. But uh, hitting a lot of these like 7 to 15-yard like – like flat sideline routes. Yeah. Like we were throwing like to the flats and sidelines where you, like you said, they're just trying to win some one-on-ones like that. That's where you're usually find the most success against them in the past game. We also saw like corner routes. Uh, yes. Slot fades, stuff out, deep stuff out of your, uh, which, you know, Miles Price had a huge day against them last year. So I would expect a lot of like Nehemiah Martinez, Xavier White, and, and uh, Price touches. Seam routes. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, sorry, one thing, you're going to like you're going to run the ball a couple times and it look ugly and you're gonna get stopped. It's gonna look bad. Because that's yeah. what yeah, no, it's at. gonna look bad. I the the I'm gonna answer this question the way it's worded is like the last part at least. Is does tech have good enough players to be successful on Saturday? The odds of us being like successful in this normal sense of that is like extremely low. I mean, right. we're gonna get the ball 12 times or more and we're hopefully going to score on like three or four of them yeah i mean that's that's just kind of the that is that would be successful but that's that's normally not successful any other time you're playing right i guess we're talking about yeah they're the production that they're what their defense has put on paper in the big 12 this year is incredible it's kind of under it's just it's almost it's it's going unnoticed because of how bad their offense is and that makes it more impressive (laughs) yeah no it's yeah true i mean they're they're um it's the best defense we've played and that doesn't make a ton of sense. It's just, their, it's just the classic stuff. Like they don't, they've got one good pass rusher and I'm sure they've got good players, but you, it's not like there's not all these like NFL guys. Yeah. So they have uh, had that. I saw, 
I, I saw if they had last year's offense, like their offense from last year, with this current team, uh, by uh, Bill Conley's S&P, they'd be the sixth best team in the country. Yeah, I mean, it's hard yeah. to argue that. I, I, uh, yeah, I was considering successful winning. <laughs> yeah, if you, but you're right. If you're talking about success in like a typical offensive production way, then no, you, you will not. Um, but I, like you said earlier, this game will be in striking distance unless some kind of catastrophic thing happens because they're not going to be able to score enough to run away from you. So you're going to have plenty of chances, I think, to try and win the game offensively. Okay. This next question is from Red Raiders 1, and I'm going to read this one. Um, okay. So he poses a scenario. Shuck averages 250, game, 250 per game, two touchdowns, no picks. We win the final two. Barron is not healthy in a bowl game. Shuck lights it up against a, a Big Ten school for 330, three touchdowns, another one on the ground, no turnovers. And then he asks about quarterbacks. And th there are seven other questions, and I, I counted them, seven other questions that ask what quarterback is transferring, you know, what quarterback is starting from here on out, what quarterback is the best one, which one is most likely to convert to Buddhism, um, which one is the best looking. I mean, so we, I think we can just kind of get all of those questions by just answering, you know, all at once. Yeah. If you want. And I don't like, for, for some reason, I don't like speculating on guys that are going to transfer. Right. I just never have um, with that, with that out of the way. I mean, I would make Donovan a massive favorite to be the, the, the leader to transfer yeah. for a couple of reasons. He's like the third one right now, I think according to the coaching staff, you know, he would be, they would take two guys to get hurt for him to, for him to play. And then he's got the most eligibility. And I think he's got certain measurables and he's got enough on film to where he would be in relatively pretty high demand and, and have some options possibly. So, yeah. I mean, to me, he is a just huge going away favorite to be most likely to transfer. And then, um, then there's some, then there's some variations of the question. It's like, uh, could we, you know, is there a world where we've got Shuck and Barron on the, on the team next year? You know, and I, I just, I have no idea. I really don't. I, I don't know what he's thinking. If he's, uh, I have no idea. I wonder what the, because I agree. I think it's unless Donovan, and I, I think what podcast, I think it was the ask level podcast with choice and level. And they were discussing the possibility of like him staying and switching positions. Like, I don't know, but like, if we're just talking about quarterback. Yeah. And, I, and again, like we talked, I, I wouldn't blame him. Like he's pretty good. Like go, you know, go play somewhere. I'm not going to blame somebody for that. The what's interesting is the shuck situation, because in this scenario where he lights it up these last three games, I don't think that changes that Baron is the starting quarterback in 2023. And so I wonder if that, if anything, if that gets Shuck to attempt to go play somewhere else, get try to get a waiver, something like that. Because if he finishes the season like that, he will have a lot of options. So I almost yeah. wonder if finishing like that makes it more likely that the yeah, only one coming back is Barron. Yeah. I think that is – so if I were going to put – I think I would almost have the most likely scenario to be the only one coming back is Baron. Yeah. Like that is the most I likely agree. scenario 
but that that is still not a likely scenario like there's not over a 50 percent chance of that happening it's just like of the of the total possibilities that's probably the most likely maybe 40 percent of that right 40 percent only baron comes back 35 percent shuck and, and baron come back and then the other you know maybe donovan and baron is in there too so you know does that make sense yes yeah, but I would I would I would say Donovan Barron. You'd put like what like ten percent, and then all three coming back like 5%. five percent. Yeah, yeah, five yeah. percent. Um, somebody somebody's leaving. Like at least one is leaving. Like that's and, and gonna I, happen. I think you know that we have to go get a quarterback in the portal. Yes, if two absolutely. if two are leaving, so absolutely. we will. I don't know when that will happen, and it's gonna be tough to do. It's tough to get a good one. It's we're, you're not gonna get someone who's has that you're not going to get a Donovan or a Shuck, someone who's got aspirations of starting, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it, like, I, I, I want Jason Bean to be yeah. honest, because I think he, he's probably going to be in the portal soon, but I, I, uh, I was going to say Texas tech backup uh, uh, Hudson card. <laughs> yeah. So I think you maybe, and, but I just, and I don't know the timing of when that would happen because I know the deadline to enter the portal is coming up. And so um, if, if we're being linked to a quarterback, that's like, somewhat decent then i then i'm going to be jumping to conclusions of like we're expecting to lose two guys right if that happens yeah that that's that's probably yeah i think we will we will know soon (laughs) because i think that portal stuff is going to is going to show a lot that's right you're going to you're going to have to find one and then the level of that one will tell us all we need to know yeah, that's a crazy thing, though. In two weeks, I mean, it's portal season, baby. Yeah. Like in two weeks, people are going to start making decisions. So, yep. I mean, it's it's here. Yep. Yeah. And I'm, I'm – side note, I'm very interested to see how successful this staff is in the portal. I, I lean to think that they will be successful just because they're successful in everyday recruiting. So uh, – but I'm just – I'm just interested. Okay. I would wonder. There's a there's a couple real quick. There's a couple Baylor guys that have already said they're going to transfer out. I wonder if you're going to try to take in some of those guys too. Yeah, that is interesting. Next question from Mister Lobster four twenty. He asked about quarterbacks transferring. Uh, he asked who's going to get the Nebraska job. I don't Matt know, Campbell. but I, I would guess Matt Rule. Um, who's going to get the Wisconsin job? I would probably guess Leipold. Leipold is my pick there as well. And guess and if Leipold got that job, Leipold's going to win 10 games a year at Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. Although they might run him out because his offense is too good. That's true. <laughs> um I don't know if they'll like that. His next his last question from Mr. Lobster 420, if Sark loses to Kansas, is he out? <sighs> I don't I don't think, think so. so. I don't think so. They're going to let Arch get on campus before they fire him, in my opinion. Yeah. That is going to be the biggest just absolute bleep show next year <laughs> with, with their boosters involved and all that. I don't know how anybody's not seeing that train wreck coming. The, story, like, like, the story about how the boosters basically overrode Del Conte because he wanted uh, Dykes – and the boosters wanted uh, Sark is a very interesting and very telling story. Uh, next question from Pinterest, the Korean. He's got a lot of them. First one we've we've kind of covered. He's asking about quarterbacks, and then and then he asked another variation that we didn't really touch on, but 
so sort of did. Is it possible for Shuck to go pro if he plays great the next three games? Yeah, it is. Yes. Now, yeah. unlikely, and he's going to be – he would be like a seventh-round pick. Yes. He would have to play yeah. great, and then he would have to just be a killer at, in a combine situation. Which, which he probably would. I, I know. I really think, like, if he's got, like, crazy big hands – and he can run like a four, like a combine type forty really yeah. fast. And I think Kitley said they clocked him at twenty two miles an hour or something in the spring. Wow. So like, yeah, I mean, I I do think I do think that's possible. Like the NFL will take quarterbacks that for no reason, you know. <laughs> if, if, <laughs> but if 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 you went three and zero to end the year, which 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 means he went goes four five and zero technically as the starter. And that's five of your eight games you win technically, then and he looks really good doing it. And especially if you have like some flashy bowl performance from him, I could see him getting a flyer. Yeah, I think his if he if we won out three and zero, I think his record as a starter in college would be like fifteen and two. Wow, so <laughs> so weird. Uh, another one from Pinchers, the Korean. Uh, Tyree is playing in the Senior Bowl. Is that wise? And if so, would that mean he comes back for OU? I think he just got got invited. Yeah, he ain't gonna play. he's not going to play. I don't think. I don't think there's many first round picks that play in the Senior Bowl. No, they're just there to I think to mingle. Yeah, yeah, and no, I he he's not going to play again. No. Another one from uh, Mr. Korean. If we can get some of these super seniors back, how good can the team be next year with all of the offense back and a good chunk of the defense? I mean, I think they'll be better uh, for sure if we get some of these super seniors. Like if we get the two interior defensive linemen the two corners and get like another eligibility from another year from Kosai and keep all the, keep all everyone who we could come back does come back. We want back. Yeah. I think we will for sure. It's hard to say we're going to be better because that's how good Tyree Wilson is. I mean, he, he's that good. Yeah. In fact, I was talking to some guys who, uh, who bet and they have him as uh, one of, He's the most impactful to the spread player that's not a quarterback in college football right now. Good lord! Wow. And you think about it, it makes sense. It makes a lot of oh, sense. Yeah, so. it does. But that's that's wild. Yeah. Wow. So that's a that part is it's tough for me to just blanket statement. Yes, we're going to be better. But when you're losing that guy, the defense can be worse and the team can be better. In my opinion, yes, I agree with that. And you I still also- play a tough schedule though. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, what we that, talked about this a few weeks ago. I think you could be better next year and have like a similar record. Like go seven and five or six and yeah. six again. Yeah. And I don't, I think people might be weird about that, but like, cause again, like, I think you can, I think like you play Oregon in non-conference, you play West, you play Wyoming on the road. Like, I mean, I, I know Wyoming's not great, but that's, that's still a road game you could lose. So you open, I, yeah. You open with like a, not a super easy road trip. Yeah, so I think you could be better next year and have a similar record, and then your three is when you're looking to make a, a leap. I, okay. I I think I do think next year though if you're going to be a lot better. The pieces that you have to add, you need a elite like you need some kind of like lightning playmaker on offense that you get out of the portal. Some dude who's just like a game changing like speed freak on offense, and you also need another offensive lineman out of the portal. If you can fi- if you can hit on two of those guys, you're going to be significantly better on offense next year. Yeah. So, and last one from him is a TCU question: Is TCU a one year flash? Did Patterson stock the roster, and will they lose enough to fall back to average seven and five dykes? I mean, I think they they are kind of the team that they've always been. If we're 
being honest. Like they're they're basically a pick them right now against Baylor. So um, could have messed around with us and could have lost. They played nothing but backup quarterbacks. I think it's kind of a typical TCU team, in my opinion. That's just <laughs> playing well, winning, break. Win, winning games, catching breaks. Um, Patterson, I mean, uh, Sonny Patterson was really regressing, like just getting way too conservative. And so I think they are getting a, a you know, Dykes is doing a better job than he would have too. So, um, I mean, unfortunately, like, is it a one-year flash? It, I, I agree with that. It, yes, it is a one-year flash, but they are going to be better with, with Dykes than they were with Patterson. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, the, the thing that'll be interesting next year is, is they lose a lot of pieces off that roster. They're going to be way younger next year. Um, so that'll be the thing next year is, you know, how much I, I think they ha- you have to regress, right? You, you're not going to go, you're not going to win 10 games two years in a row, probably. You're not going to play like, a backup quarterback every week, but like two. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I could see them being just as good of a team and being eight and four next year. You know, that, that kind of, that kind of a thing. So. All right. Next question from Whitlock safety. How's Caleb Rogers looking at this point in the season? He's still not good, but he has been better, but I would imagine he's still what giving up the, he's giving up more pressures than any other tackle in the big 12, probably just because he had that lead by such a margin. <laughs> um, he was up by 20 at one point. So I think he has been he has been better the past two weeks, but you've also played worse defenses. Um, so I don't know. It's – I don't know. It, it's better. With, with how much better you were on the offensive line, with, it, it was a significant, I think, jump with Monroe Mills back in the lineup this week. Yeah, yeah. I and I, I know nobody's talked about this week, but I would, I would almost wonder if at any point you decide to, to flip the flip both of them and put Monroe at left tackle and him at right tackle. I think Caleb is a, and clearly by what we saw last year, is a much better right tackle than left tackle. I mean, I think it was pretty telling that McGuire said if Ty Buchanan wasn't hurt, we would have seen we would have seen a lineup without Rogers in it. Yeah, that says a lot. Next question from Red Raider 030590. Rashad and Malik are our best two starting corners since. And it's to me, it's uh, it's pretty easy. It's Jamar Wall and uh, LaRon Moore. Yeah. 2009. Yeah. Yeah. I think right. it was 08 and 09, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jamar was 08, was 07, yeah. 08, 09. I think, and I don't I know think, if LaRon was 09. Yeah, Laron was oh he was oh eight and oh nine. I think those were our primary corners those two years, and we were better than these two. Well, he's asking best two since. Right. So that's it. Those are, that's when it's you have definitely. to start talking. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah, I mean Jamar and Laron were pretty good. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just I think these two are pretty good. But yeah. yeah. No, you're, I know. Yeah. You're probably right. You don't. But you you also you don't have Darcel McBath at safe and and Charbonnet at safety. Yeah. That secondary was so good, man. Everybody forgets how good that secondary was. The defense was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Give me your tech football Mount Rushmore. And he asks, is Tyree on there? Second question from Red Raider. Uh, there's not enough body of work for Tyree, in my opinion. I mean, he really didn't even come on until, like, the bowl game last year. <laughs> like he, I mean, <laughs> it's really – a it's like an 11-game body – like, 11 yeah. games where They've you're like, great, he was a but, freak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, probably not. 
and, and, and for me, it's all, I'm always going to be slanted to when I was like really young. Yeah. You know, like like Byron Hanspart is my favorite tech player, and like Zebby Lethridge is like right there with him. You right. know, like those yeah. those two guys. And then and then you know, once I was a little bit older, you've got Graham and um, Crabtree and Wes, and so I, it's just I agree. It's tough for for if if he played two. If he was a two-year starter that played at this level for two years, oh, yes, yeah. he is, yeah. he is now, on the route rush. With all that said, if you fast forward like seven years and he's the best defensive end in the NFL, <laughs> I may I may have him on there. <laughs> yeah. I think my my personal one is like Amendola is my favorite player, which I know doesn't he, – he's probably not on a lot of Mount Rushmore's. Um, it's like Crabtree, Amendola – Harold, that fourth spot's tough. It's got to be Welker or Mahomes, I would think, right? It's mine's not Mahomes. I just, I thought I'm one of those weird. Maybe it's not weird. I don't know, but I, I feel like I thought it was weird that he got put in the Ring of Honor, honestly, before some of these guys did. Like, I feel like there's an element, and I know it wasn't his fault. It was just everything around him. But like, I, it his best moments are like in losses, <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I like winning, but it's not, it's not his fault. I know. Let's be fair. It's, it's, it, it's like all of those guys have like a fog over them. Like Jakeem, uh, Deandre, like the it sucks for those guys, but yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. I don't know. That fourth spot's tough. To me, it's Welker. That that dude is your best, like all around. Just give him the ball, and he'll make a play. Player you probably ever had on offense. It's between Welker and like Zach, and I'm surprised the Pamp in here he doesn't have Zach Thomas on his. No, he was. I I didn't say mine. Mine, mine, too mine, young. mine a little too young. For <laughs> mine, mine would probably be Zach Thomas. And then obviously, I never watched him play in live, but just seeing everything Gabe Rivera did, like Gabe is probably just as good of a player at the college level as Tyree was. Um, better, better. Great. Yeah, probably. Too. Senior sack is just. But I would probably say it's it's probably Gabe, Zach, Thomas, um, Crabtree, and then Welker. Probably, I think, your four best players ever, in my opinion. All right. Uh, y- y'all know Byron won the Doak Walker, right? <laughs> I'm aware, <Just> yes. <laughs> we don't have any yeah. of those. Yeah, that, that era – like I, I didn't follow college football a lot when I was a kid, so it was I missed I missed a lot of that. All right, DWDJR asks three questions that are they're good questions. They're all about the quarterback. <laughs> um, I think uh, what I'll pick off one that's interesting is like, and and he's asked some questions to lead into this one, and so it's he's kind of talking about like moving into the off season or like moving into bowl prep. Um, will the coaches try and present it as a Shuck Morton battle in an attempt to keep both? Yeah. Okay. I'll answer like they're going to McGuire is he, he knows what he's doing. Like yes. he, he's yeah. going to ma- manipulate the situation in a way to keep as many people as possible. We, we, that is a fact. Yes. Like he, I have never seen a coach play. I mean, and I, some people may take this the wrong way. because It's not like mind games, but like we joke around about the, triple quarterback stuff and like he everything that he has said since the day he's been hired as head coach could be viewed in a light of keeping quarterbacks on campus so I I don't I don't um I don't see that changing anyway now will it work is another question you know but I think he's 
I don't, I, so he's asking like, will we present it as a Shuck Morton battle? I mean, he's going to present it in a way to try to get the guys to stay. If yeah. that's what it takes, then he's going to do it. Yes. Which is why it's hard to, it's like why you can't take everything a coach says face value. There's so many things going on <laughs> as to why he says what he says. But you know what else, you know what else though, too, with like Shuck, it would not shock me with how that dude's like wired. If he was like, no, I'm going to come back and I'm going to the job and I'm going to start next year. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be weird. He, asks, he also asks if Shuck wins these two games, does he start the bowl? And so I'm assuming, like, if is Mort- Morton's fully healthy, Shuck <sighs> wins the next two. I don't know. That would See, that would be very – see, that is your tell. That's how you lost – As far bowl. as the coaching staff. That's how you lost that, Baker. That, that's, <laughs> yeah, because you wouldn't guarantee him a start. <laughs> Uh, even though he started the last game i was there yeah oh yeah i, mean, I drove from, i drove from lubbock to austin on thanksgiving day <laughs> and watched us get destroyed yeah and baker started that game so yeah. anyways um, um i don't know i think you it just kind of depends i think there's a possibility that you know you know how the quarterback room is going to shake out by the time you yeah. play so you pretty much just start the one that you know is not going to be in the portal. Right. And so that's why it's hard to answer is, is because like if Shuck decides like, I, like if, if like we talked about, he had an amazing last three games and he's like, I'm going to try my hand playing pro. Like, Cause let's just be honest. Like before a bowl, if we, if we're playing in a bowl game and it's in late December, Shuck will have gotten several phone calls from schools. Yeah. Whether or not he's in the portal or not. Yeah. That he Donovan will be reached too. out to. And he will have reached out to people, whether it be to try to play pro somehow or to go to some school that he like really, really likes. Um, he's going to yeah. have he, someone's going to be shopping him. So when and, I'm, and I bet that it's transparent and our staff is knows about those calls and is like telling him, you know, do your thing. Yeah, yeah do your thing. Yeah, exactly. So we, we'll I agree with that. Yeah. Like we will probably will know by the bowl game if he's leaving or not. Yeah. And like, so if he's not, if you know he's not, then like maybe you are more comfortable playing Morton. <laughs> yeah. Or I don't know. That's a, that is interesting. That'll probably be the most interesting storyline of our bowl game because, because odds are we're playing in a kind yeah. of a, a random one, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, all right. DWDJR, what do you want our, he asked about our conference schedule. What do we want it to look like? Um, what is like a schedule that maximizes our win potential look like? Um, would you want to, he's like, would you want to miss some of the bigger teams like Oklahoma state and OU to maximize your win potential? Would you rather play the most fun games? I, I want to play Oklahoma state. Um, other than that, I don't care because that, that Oklahoma state one is what I'm, I think that's what I'm trying to build as my rivalry. Um, and so like, I, that's the one that I want to play. And after that, I don't really care. So uh, the way, the way he's asking it, if, if you're want to maxim quote unquote, maximizing win potential, skipping a return trip to Norman does that like yeah. but yes. I know they're having a or down Austin. year yeah yeah or, or also I know they're having a down year or whatever we're, we're gonna play UT I, I think that's pretty much a given I, I do think there's a chance though that you don't have to go to Norman you know and so maybe you have to go to yeah. Cincinnati or something and, and I, yeah I would like yeah, I would no, prefer I would prefer to skip a Norman trip yes you know yeah I don't yeah I don't really care about like fun I think you're gonna have fun like it, we are going to watch and enjoy every conference game, especially a conference win. So I don't, I don't, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm fine with skipping some of those, you know, traditional matchups that would usually end up in a loss. Okay. Next yeah, question. And, oh, go no, ahead. the last thing I also say is that in two, we don't know how they're going to shake out home and away. You may double up back to back on take on a road trip or a home game too. So that's, yeah. that's going to be yeah. pretty telling too. All right. Next question from Jack BM. And, and he, he's like, what's our, what would you, what would our game plan be Saturday? And, and, but well, let's talk about the last part, which is given what we know about their defense and the weather conditions. And we've talked a lot about the weather um, just off camera, off the, off record. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I know this, a couple of things to be true. Like high wind leads to lower scoring. That's yeah. a fact. Precipitation leads to lower scoring, not as much as high wind, but it, it does. Cold precipitation leads to even more lower scoring. Did I say lower scoring all three times? Yeah, I, I meant you to. Did. So you when, did. it's almost like so the tiers would be like snow lowest scoring. Then you have wind a little bit behind that, and then not as much behind, but still leading to lower scoring is rain. I don't know for sure that just pure cold is something that is a guarantee to lead to lower scoring. No, and we it before won't. we yeah before we hit record, we were talking about this Warren Sharp piece who bets professionally on the NFL. Um, and this is an NFL article, um, but it's the opposite. Um, he said, since 2009, 40 games have been played in weather colder than 20 degrees, uh, and the over has hit 58% of those times. So the over was set, or the average line was set at 42.4, and the games finished with an average of 43.6 points scored. And then even colder than that, sub 15 degree temperature, the over hit 59% of the time. So, um, yeah, the the cold does not necessarily mean like hit bet the under essentially. Does it? Do, but does it change anything? Are are we more likely to run the ball because it's really cold? No. Are we more, are we more likely to? Are we more or less likely to play tempo because it's cold? See, I don't think I I bet we try to run tempo because we are going to want as many possessions as possible against this defense. So I would almost, I don't know if the weather will impact the tempo because I, because they know we are going to need possessions. I I think um, I, I have a bet on the under at 48 and a half. And I I have that just because I I sense the line moving down and it, it, it is, it's 46 and a half, but my non, my tech mind wants to, kind of like think it'll be higher scoring but and it's because i think their defense is going to keep things in front i think we're going to be put into a lot of situations where the book is telling us to go for it in this game and um yeah i i I, so i wonder about that like are we going to be will that lead to more points scored by us or or it's going to lead to more shorter fields Mm -hmm. you know sustained possessions for by us or if we don't get them shorter fields for them uh and that that part makes me kind of want to think the over there it'll be a little higher scoring than people think because we may be just fourth and twos all day long and just being like well book says go for it because that's what the defense is going to give you so yeah you're right that's i could see that easily happening yeah i i don't know if it'll change our game plan i don't think it will just just being purely cold to me if you're in the game and you're playing once you once you get through a series or two, if you're just in and out all the time, it's not really going to affect you that much. I, I agree with that, but I 
but 15 degrees might oh, be cold. Uh, the exception. It's cold. That. Like that, yeah. that could it's be, cold. Uh, yeah. It, it, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious to know, hopefully like on the radio broadcast and, you know, some, somebody will have like, what are the coldest games we played in? I mean, yeah. is this up there? It's gotta be. It has yeah. to be up there. All right. Next question from Raider Seymour, which opponent's offense slash defense is the toughest we've faced from a matchup standpoint? And he um, comments, KSU and KU offenses were tough. NC State had a really tough slash old defense. And I, I don't know if he's – because venue to me is important here too. So I don't know if you want to kind of make it venue neutral or or account for the venue of where we played them. I think it makes more sense to account for the where we're playing people. That NC State defense, we didn't have a chance. On the road there at yeah. night. Not a chance. That's That's been the toughest defense we faced, in my opinion. That was the toughest environment we played in all year, too. Yeah. Um, Offense-wise, it's got to be Baylor. We just had no answers. Like, it's the hardest matchup. We, we, Kansas, we just do not yeah. match up with them. Because we stopped Kansas State for two and a half quarters, essentially. Uh, we just couldn't score. That Baylor, I mean – it, that was like demoralizing <laughs> what they were they doing. They just mashed, they just like, like soft, softly mashed on us for like a couple hours. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Slowly smothered us to death. All right. Jay Newt, 2008. He asked for a projected Big 12 record and seed. Uh, man, that's tough. It's so early. Um, I think I'd go with like nine and nine projected record and uh, seven or eight seed. Yeah, I'm but thinking you go. If I was like setting an over under on it, that that might be what it is right now. See, I'm not as optimistic. I'm thinking you're like seven and eleven, and uh, maybe like a nine seed. Or I don't, I don't, I don't think you'll be play. You'll be like we, a playing team. We better win. We better nine. go. We better go three and zero next week if we want to make the tournament with a seven and eleven conference record. It just how much you're turning it over just really scares me a lot. Okay. Tyler Holloway asked, does Will feel left out that he doesn't get a mention in the outro song? <laughs> nah, it was a late addition. Nah, we're, we're, we're all good. I'm, I, don't, I don't get caught up in these things. I'm a- just, I could just record myself, like, yelling Will's name. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next question from uh, Jibliddle. Uh, go back to the beginning of the season. All quarterbacks stay healthy. For the whole year, each quarterback would perform every game as follows. Donovan against UT. So that's how he's going to play for the whole year. Shuck versus Kansas. Morton versus Oklahoma State. Who is your starter? I mean, to me, it's the easiest answer because it's Shuck versus Kansas. I Because the way he's that's asking the, the question doesn't account for the defense. I mean, that was like a perfect performance. Really? So, See? Yeah. yeah. If, what if you said – because Morton first half, Oklahoma State. That's like – I guess that's what I was thinking. To me, like I would take that. I would take the Shuck versus Kansas. I thought Shuck was better against Kansas too. But if you're accounting for like who we're playing and where we're playing, that changes it a lot. Yeah. Because like the Morton in his first ever start at Oklahoma State when their defense still had a pulse. Yeah. And you're thinking of that, but Morton was still kind of throwing it up and making some some dumb stuff in that game. Oh yeah. But I like I I like a little bit of that. Um, If you told if you Morton whole game, yeah, I'm not taking Oklahoma State. Morton first half. I'm taking more than Oklahoma State. If we're talking a whole game, yeah. I mean, Shuck against Kansas is the answer. Okay. Another one from J&J Farms. We're going to skip it because he, it's 
we've we've touched on it. It's a it's about the quarterbacks. Um, this is an interesting one. I I hadn't really thought about, but it's from Fight Raiders Fight. Do any of our running backs transfer if Sir Roger decides to come back for another year? I I don't think so because just there's so much. No. They, they they doesn't matter where you go. I mean, a, a running back just kind of has a a limit on on how often he's going to play, and it's yeah. you, you can use so and many there's, of them. I, there's even if you every team in college football nowadays, even if you're the true blue starter, unless you are like a first round NFL bona fide draft pick, everybody's gonna get some touches. But so even I mean, B, you're gonna get your chances. Even B, I mean, we know Bijan's backup's name, you know, like because he plays a lot, <laughs> you know. Um, you're gonna get touches. And and the thing is, is at the running back position, and we saw it against Kansas, if you're good, you'll play. Valdez had what we counted it five straight carries before Sir Roderick touched the ball. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah. well, if, I think Sir Roderick had one carry at that point and it was for all of the yards. For a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. And then, the only, yeah. yeah if the only one that might transfer, I don't think he would. He's a true freshman would be Donnell. Donnell, if he just thought that he had no opportunity to get carries for the next year or two. Yeah. That, but that would be the only one. I don't think Valdez or Taj aren't transferring. I wouldn't think so. I don't think anyway. All right, next question, Ruby Red Rum. If McCuller and Shannon would have stayed, which two players are not on this year's team? It's uh, Kerwin Walton and Damarian Williams. Um, A-Train 2.0 asks, what do you want from Santa for Christmas? <laughs> Little. Uh, is this like a tech version or just like – <laughs> nah, well, he didn't limit it to that. Uh, well, can, three, we can make it a tech version. Three wins. Three wins. That's it. <laughs> Give me three more wins. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I would do that too. To be, yeah. yeah. Best season since 2009 in Joey's first year. Yeah. I'll sign up for that. Winning win Big uh, 12 record. Yep. All right. I'm sorry. We're kind of running low on time, and Coffee Raider asked us to trade. This is just such an in depth trippy question coffee raider wants us to trade five members of the football team with five members of the basketball team who do we pick what positions like which team won the trade <laughs> the, i mean that's just the basketball so, team I mean, is just the, really quickly duran bradley is going to play basketball probably tharp yeah and probably mm-hmm. someone random like Dadrian taylor he's like <laughs> kind of long for his yeah. but i mean I, I don't know if we just have the mental uh, capacity. The basketball team will question. always win that because none of those basketball guys are going to be contributing on the football field besides maybe KJ Allen. But like those football guys can go contribute on the basketball team. There's not a basketball player that's going to contribute on the football team. Hey, KJ Allen, rush in. <laughs> that's the only man. one who might. The only one. Yep. All right. M. John 28. And uh, he's got a lot of questions, but there's like 15 <laughs> bullet points here. We got two uh, minutes and 50 seconds just for the, the listener to know uh, why Hunter is <laughs> trying to rush through these. All right. What one aspect of the team do you feel most comfortable in heading into the Maui Invitational? Um, Davion Harmon? Yeah. Uh, yep. What do you feel? What are you the least confident about? And he says, other than the obvious turnovers, mine would be um, probably. Uh, defensive rebounding, mm-hmm. consistent yeah. scoring. Yeah, y'all have watched. I can't answer these. Y'all have watched more than me. And he's asking which player that has not averaged ten plus minutes a game through the first three do you think has the biggest role on the team by February slash March? And really, we you know, there's only like a couple options. Um, 
I mean, uh, pretty much it's, everyone it's, has averaged 10 minutes that, that we're playing. So um, it's kind of tough to answer. I mean, I would probably say like a, oh, man, I, I really I don't, don't think it's, it's not going to be Robert Jennings. He's getting your at least fewest minutes. Yeah. Um, How many minutes they, is Lamar Washington playing? 33%. No, about 20, right at 10, 25%. Because mm, there's something about him that I like. Yeah, he's he's kind of like the second to last guy right now based yeah. on our substitutions. And Demarion Williams is the last guy, the last non-Robert Jennings guy. Hmm. Um, I would probably guess one of those two. But yeah. if I'm saying Demarion Williams, it's because Fisher has kind of not done what we wanted him to, um, you know, and maybe even a type of Kerwin Walton type. Okay, still now we're switching to football questions from M. John. What moment from the season has frustrated or disappointed you the most? Baylor, easy. Just basically no showing the no show. I I should throw the defense in there. The no show from the offense against Baylor. And honestly, I guess you could throw in. I don't know if it, if it's, if it's allowed because it's not a moment, but like all the times this year when you could have flipped a game with a, some kind of scoring drive and didn't. And honestly, you had multiple opportunities like Oklahoma State. TCU, Kansas State, Baylor. Like I don't know if that counts, but that's that's been the most frustrating aspect. To to me, it's just been how much you turn how much you turn the ball over, and, and I get it with yeah. with how much uh, with, with how much you've been flipping around quarterbacks. And just being honest, really, it's one quarterback more than the others that threw the majority of the picks. But I mean, it's it's just how much you turn the ball over. If you didn't turn over as much as you did, you would you, we'd be a bowl eligible team already. Yeah. Mine's Baylor game. Easy. Uh, what aspect of the program has you most excited about the future? Just the direction. Like there's a plan in every aspect. Like we know what we're doing offensively. We know what we're recruiting to. We know what we're doing defensively. We know what we're recruiting to. We know how we are going to recruit to those because Will, I know you can speak that it has not always been that way um, with a yeah, you know, like a plan on this is what these are the players we want. This is how we're going to get them. This is who is going to get them. Um, there's also because of that plan, I think there's momentum. Like you get a guy like Anthony White today because of the Matador Club, and that that like you don't have to give him a scholarship, but he's still going to get something for coming to Texas Tech. And that's Those a player guys. who's a that's a player who's a dude. I hope the NCAA doesn't listen to this. No way they do. Is that really not allowed? I mean, you can't pay some pay for someone's school to come here. That's not a, like if you come here, we'll pay for your school, and we're not putting you on scholarship. I'm pretty sure that's not allowed. I, but didn't we didn't we publicize like with the Matter Club like certain walk ons every football player certain yeah, walk-ons. 15, right. fifteen walk ons yeah that's all I'm saying he's gonna be one of the walk ons getting that money <laughs> but he's he's a dude. Yeah. He is a player, and if he wouldn't have tore his, tore his knee up, he could have played at a lot of schools. Yeah. So. Yeah, he feels like a guy that 95% of tech coaches use a scholarship on in, like, late January when they realize that, that they can't fill their class. Yeah, for sure. But We've seen instead, it. Instead, we're getting <laughs> we got We got yeah. it ahead of it. But I'm, I, the, the biggest thing I'm excited about is in two years, I am so excited to see what our defensive roster looks like because – it looks good right now, but I just think the guys that they're recruiting, your front seven is going to be nasty in a couple of years. And that's not me like hyperbole or anything. 
you are going to be gnarly up front in a couple of years. And hopefully have like all those Baylor guys at the combine last year who are like mm-hmm. lighting it up. Like hopefully you'll have some of those guys too. Just like freaky athletic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Still got some questions from M. John. Does Tech win one more game to get bowl eligible? If so, which? Yes, Saturday. Agreed. This that yes, Saturday. You think we win this Saturday? I do. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I do think we. No, I do no think confidence. We, well, I do think we win one more game, but I have more, more confidence in you. I have more confidence in this Saturday than next Saturday. That makes no sense. Yeah. Well, that dude. We all know. Let's all just be real. That game is going to be flat next yeah. Saturday, atmosphere-wise. Yeah. It's it has a lot of proponents that the Baylor game did minus the crowd. Um, but there's just a lot going on with senior night and stuff. So, all right. In your eyes, which currently uncommitted recruit slash target is the biggest must have left on the board? It's whoever we're trying to get in the portal to play offensive line or receiver. Yeah. It's, it's our portal guys. Yeah. There's not a high school guy left out there that I'm like, is a game changer for you to get for this class. It's yeah, about finding the guy in the portal that you need. That's what I was trying to think if there was. like, Because who is that guy who plays at uh, Waco Midway, the Tech Legacy, that's a five-star receiver? Like somebody like that who seems to be legitimately considering Texas Tech. Like that that would be my only answer high school-wise to that question. I can't remember his name. Um, he plays somewhere in Belton maybe. He plays somewhere near Waco. Um, but, yeah, to me it's it's either – receiver you're going to get i could even because you think they're going to have to find a pass rusher like can you find somebody who can kind of do what tyree wilson does man i don't know (laughs) joseph adateray for being a true freshman that dude already can play oh yeah yeah. you need a lot you need a lot though yeah i need more Um, all right and then we get a lot of leipold questions handicap the odds of the following leipold scenarios and it's Return to Kansas, go to Wisconsin, go to Nebraska, go anywhere else, and I'll just do it real quick. It's I would say it's um, 10% Nebraska, 45% Wisconsin, 40% Kansas, go back there, and then 5% somewhere other than those three. I'm surprised Wisconsin is that high. Yeah. I mean, he, he's a Wisconsin guy. Or, I mean, he was there for a while. Yeah. D3. He won, well, he won D3. He won national titles at Wisconsin Whitewater. He yeah. just seems, yeah. He just seems like a weird. He is weird. I mean, that's why I've got. I think I'm high. I'm higher than what most would say by saying forty percent return to Kansas. When I heard that he had, he's had his same staff since he won those national championships at Wisconsin Whitewater. I started to think like this guy is not. He's not jumping on the next opportunity. Like he's got a plan, and he may be wanting to finish out. Unfortunately, he finish out his. He plan. Also- he also is a guy that if he if he ended up at like Michigan or Ohio State, I don't think he would do well at one of those programs. I don't know. It's it is it's. I'd like to see it. All right, last question from Tech Hatchet: Has the offensive line improved in year one under Hamby? If so, and what areas have you seen the most improvement? I kind of feel like this is a loaded question. Yeah, I do too. Um, I don't. I don't think it's improved, but I, I, I think, think it's pretty a, fair to say it's gone backwards. Yes. But now, I, also, I don't know if that's all, I don't know if that's his fault or not, but I think it's, that is easily, a, that's a, almost 
without question, it's gone backwards. Yes, but I think it's gotten better. Like, I don't think it's to where it was last year, but it's gotten better recently. Um, yeah, I, I think, like we said earlier, they figured out you can't, you, like, they're, you can't zone block. Or you sorry, yeah, you can't zone block. So everything is gap scheme. You're all you're running is counter and power and things like that. Um, but like you said, I'm not sure it's his fault because you lose Dawson Deaton, who's like a very good center. Um, you lose um, you lose your left tackle. Guys have been banged up. Yes, you lose your the guys. You the portal guys we whiffed on. Yeah, and Which, and the, your best portal guy just is hurt. Yeah, so. So, but could you lay Which the blame? Whiff. Could you, yeah. <laughs> could you lay the blame of those at his feet though as well? Like I arguably, I I don't know how we're doing that. You know, maybe if he's uh, the one that pulled the trigger, said yes. Here's what I'll say though: offensive line, more than any other position, it is a crapshoot on what you're going to get when you sign a guy, whether it's JUCO transfer or out of high school. It is the hardest one to hit on consistently. Yeah. It is by far the hardest thing to hit on. It's why you just have to sign. It's why you have to sign every year. You have to sign four or five high school offensive linemen every single year if you're doing it the right way. You have to. It's definitely one where, like, this – he is the position coach that has the most questions, though. Like, I I get why this question is being asked. I get it, too. Unfortunately. That's it on questions. What do we think? What's What's the final call this Saturday? Y'all, are, y'all think we're going to win, right? Yeah, yeah. We're three and a half point underdogs. Yeah, yeah. I think so that, gonna... What percent chance do you give us to win? Uh, 65. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> 50, well, 51. So, let I me just say this. Like, I could hear the respect for me leaving Hunter's body in that response. <laughs> let me just say this. Like, if – so, there's, like, staking. Okay. Like, based on the edge that you think you're going to have on a bet, you bet more. You know, like, if you if it's like a little 1% edge, you're going to bet a small amount. The the edge that you are perceiving a bet on tech to be this, this Saturday, you would be betting, like, a considerable amount of your bankroll. I don't a think – A lot. I know the betting market doesn't give us a 60% chance to win. I think we have a 65% chance to win. Uh, like I, I think the score is going to be twenty-seven thirteen, Tech. Wow. Here's to to me. Here's what it really comes down to: if you don't turn the ball over, you win, because they're going to turn it over. We have, I mean, we didn't really even talk about their their offense at all. There's not much to talk about. But Hunter Decker's probably the worst quarterback you've played. They lost their running back for the season one. Yeah, he got hurt. He broke his foot last Saturday. The only the only thing you have to worry about is uh, Hutchinson, right? Xavier Xavier Hutchinson. Yeah, and what was interesting? Yeah, and what was interesting about him is like they were asking uh, Deruder and about how, and he he pretty much made it clear he's like you can't stop him. They they move him. He plays everywhere, and they they throw it to him a lot on like RPOs. And so Deruder's like, there's really no – you can't game plan to stop him because he's just going to be moving all over the place and they put you in conflict with RPOs and, they, and they're just – like everyone's tried to stop him and he averages eight catches a game. So yeah. he, he pretty much made it clear. He's like – but at the same time, it's not like they're not moving the football. So right. – but um, there, there's nothing we can – it's clear listening to Deruder. Deruder doesn't think we can just like stop him. Yeah. Here's to me the biggest stat 
on offensive turnover rate, they are 128th in college football this year. Yeah, you you've got to force them to turn to give you the ball. Got they to. turn it over an ungodly amount. Like you have to get the ball from them and get short fields. Yeah. That that's that's what I'm banking on. Maybe even a Rayshad pick six. I'm a little worried about life after Tyree. Like that that concerns me a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. That's probably something I'm not really taking into account as much as I should be. But at the same time, I don't think people are going to really know how to game plan you yet. It's late enough in the year that you that it's the first game without him. So I think it, I would say it's probably going to try to probe some things to see to just kind of. I'll, I'll be interested to see how Iowa State scripts their their like first 10, 15 plays based on that. Yeah, because you would think that they were planning on having to like send doubles chip. That kind of thing, and now they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe interesting. Yeah, I'm excited. It's uh, to me, it's it's kind of a game that I won't I won't be um, like if we lose, I'm not going to draw a, a whole bunch of conclusions about the game or yeah. the program, like our program and where we're headed. But if if we win, like this is a kind of a statement game for McGuire and his staff, in my opinion. Like winning on the road there in negative degree weather at night to put you in a position to have the best season since 09. Like this is like after losing Tyree, I mean, winning two conference games in a row for the first time in, I don't know, 10 years or something crazy. I mean, this is kind of a, like if we win this one, it's like, okay. I mean, we're, we're really kind of cooking with something here. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, the way it, that's, what's hard for me is like, yeah, we haven't won. Like something's got to give. We haven't won back-to-back conference games in God knows how long. Is McGuire really going to go? Is McGuire really going to go winless on the road? Is he really going to do that? I don't, I just don't think so. I think he's going to figure something out. And maybe that that's not sound logic. I get that, but that's but just my, they are just so bad on offense. They turn it over so much, and also their special teams are also terrible. Yeah. Like the only thing, the only thing they have going for them is they have an all-world defense. Yeah. Everything else is awful about their football team this year. It would be nice. It, it would be. Uh, I, I think it's we have it in our bag, you know, to to play the the best defensive game of the year, you know, and, yeah. and hold them to like ten points or less. That's kind. Of, that's kind of why I'm I'm confident in a win is because I think that. I think that we will hold them to around 10 points. And I just, it's hard to envision a world where we lose a game like 10, three text text team total is 21 and a half over or under. I mean, under, 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 this is like, this is like 17, 10, 18, 14, something real, like just grit your teeth and just pray kind of a game. it's the lowest total for a game that I can really find. I think it looks like maybe there was one in 06 that was almost as low as this, but it's not. Um, the lowest that I could find was 51 last year against Baylor. Hmm. And I think it was, we lost like what, 23 to 20 or 27, 23, 24, like 27, 24. Yeah. So it landed on 51, but I think I mean, this is the, it's just a, it's a bizarre game. Yeah, for, for for us to be in, playing this game at night is makes me mad. But that's beside and, the point. And there are, I mean, for for playing a crap Iowa State team late in the year when nothing nothing really hinges on this game. There are like 
just a lot of storylines, like the one that I was just talking about, but then also like Shuck, you know, he's it's it'll be the second time, hopefully, that he's starting a game and finishing it this season, which is just crazy. Yeah. And uh, like, can he put together another performance like that? You know, because I think things get interesting if he does. Yeah, I know they do. I know they get interesting if he plays, if he has another day like he did last Saturday. Yeah, the. The, the one thing that's going to worry, the biggest thing that's going to worry me is if, like, Will McDonald or their front just starts getting after us. That's that's that's, 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 that's the scariest part. That's probably going to happen. I just – we're used to that by now. Like, Fair. Our, we've been – like, our running backs – our running backs make more people miss in the backfield be, out of necessity. Like, they're so good at it because they have so much practice at doing it. Uh, and now you've got a guy with a, with a little bit of, of extra juice in Cam Valdez. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, that It worries me, but like I said, I don't know. There's just something about this game I, I feel good about. I'm interested to see their crowd Yeah, because they have a chance to put a, their foot down and, like, we have the best fan base in the conference. If, if, <laughs> if it is rocking in that weather, in this situation for them, like, they, just crown them. Just crown that if if that's the case, their fan base is like three times better than ours. <laughs> Multipliers. Better. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Because we couldn't do we we couldn't come close to that. No. But I think I think I wouldn't put it past them. Those crazy oh, I yeah. people, man, they're crazy. I expect it to be pretty full. I really do. I really wish that they had no chance for a ball game. That's what I really wish. I we really would I, I think if, if they were if they were uh if they were what at this point? If they were three and six, three and oh no, if they were three and seven, yeah, at this point, then I think I would feel much better about winning. But they're what they're four and six, yes, yeah, they're four yeah. and six, yeah. yeah. So they're also they're also making sure they win so they still have a chance to make a bowl game. So there's some oh, yeah. motivation there. Oh, yeah, there's some there's big time motivation on their part for sure, yeah. yeah and they didn't just Matt Campbell and you know, their defensive coordinator, they didn't just like forget how to coach this year. You know, I mean, they're yeah. pretty well thought of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. There's just something about it. I feel it's good an interesting one. Yeah. And then we got, then the basketball Question. team is going to Maui. Okay. Sticking with football? Go. Question. No, no. Last, not, no. Well, last thing about football is last question, and then we can get the hoops. But if we win this weekend, does it make it more likely that we win against OU? Like yes. momentum wise, yes, okay. Pro, yeah, I don't like us in a big pressure spot where we have to win. So yeah, yeah, that's over with, man. <laughs> There's no pressure about playing crap. OU. Yeah. I mean, there there will be some pressure. I mean, yeah, there will be some pressure for five and six. Yeah, that's all I'm if saying. For five and six, the, yeah. Pressure is the pressure is to get to a bowl game, not the opponent. Yeah, and then basketball got an interesting week because we play Creighton. Creighton is good. I mean. Yeah. Um, they're just old and, and, um, we will probably be, I, it wouldn't surprise me if we open as a favorite and I'm going to bet to, uh, Creighton, yeah. I bet it, I bet they end up being the favorite by the time it closes. But then the next one is an interesting because Arkansas is really, really good. So if we win, we're going to play a really good team because they're going to beat Louisville. And if we lose, then we'll be a massive favorites against Louisville. who's just awful. Yeah. Um, and, and then, so yeah, it's, it'll be interesting. We'll learn a lot. I think about our team next week a lot. I'm I'm really scared that this is gonna be like cover your eyes horror story. 
Well, we're not going to lose to Louisville. No, no, no. We won't lose to Louisville. I agree with that. But I'm just saying, overall, you're, you're playing kind of a crafty old Creighton team that, like, does everything you're really bad at. Like, like an old team that will take advantage of a young team just turning it over and playing just, like, stupid, sloppy, stupid, sloppy basketball. Um, and I know it sounds like I'm really down with the basketball team. And, you know, it just, it just scares me being as young as we are. We have electric moments, and we're going to have some electric moments with some of these guys. But – you know, it just it just makes me worries me in a situation like this this early. Yeah, a lot of lot of uh, some fun sports ahead here in the next couple of weeks for sure. Yeah, get a win, get a win on Saturday, and and we're having all the fun. There if you, you go. really want to have fun, listen to me do a three hour uh, pregame show on Saturday. <laughs> I might get a little loose. <laughs> There's only so much you can talk about Iowa State for three hours, so. I mean, does that mean you're getting the hooch out on air? <laughs> I'll, I, whatever, whatever I need to to get me through. Yeah, and I do. I just want to say, I do want to formally apologize to Taylor's wife. Um, this is kind of my Kyrie Irving moment. I, uh, <laughs> whoa, I, I, I did. Him and his wife sat with me for during the game, and I did show her a photo of another woman's asshole during the game, and I, it, I shouldn't have done that. I do want to just apologize. Um, That's not really the whole context, context, but yeah, sure. I I was scrolling through a uh, notorious kind of famous tech fan personalities Twitter page, and um, there were some inappropriate photos on that on that profile. I just want to apologize. I can just imagine her reaction. I can see it exactly in my head. I'll let her. I'll let her know. I'll, I'll let her know. Yes. And on and on that note, uh, how do you never? What's your what's your score prediction? Uh, you want to save it for? I'll save it. Weeks. I think it's a 50-50 coin flip, but I'll save it. So basically what you're saying is everybody's going to want to fire Kitley after this game and bench mm-hmm. shut. <laughs> Even if we win. Yep. Okay. Even if we win. That sounds like this. All right. We will see you all next week.